Hey guys, this is Natasha Alexis Martinez, the host of Collider, Complex News, and American Latino TV, and you're listening to the Atomic Podcast, where Ephraim blows up the news on a verbal scale. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Atomic Podcast with your host, Ephraim Guzman. Today, Ephraim's special guest was a 2015 Miss California. She's also a former L.A. Laker girl. She's currently the host of America Latino and Collider Movie Talk, which you can see every Thursday on Complex TV. She's the one, the only, Natasha Alexis Martinez. Ladies and gentlemen, Natasha Martinez. Natasha, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. I know, I know. It's you know, I've, I've been dying to get you on the show. It's um, you have such an illustrious career, and you know you've been doing oh. a lot. Yeah, you have. And, 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 that was such a nice word to use. I'm like, oh, thank you. I think I blushed a little bit. Oh, really? Look at that. And like, I, I might make you blush right now because you're also Miss California 2015. Yeah, yes, I am. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can say that, you know. Like you rule California in 2015. You are the the queen, you know. Uh, oh gosh, you're bringing me back to my <laughs> crowning moment. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that that happened. Um, I think there's only, I think Miss California has only been happening for like. 63 years or something like that the usa system so i'm like one of 60 something girls which is insane like i just that was probably one of my biggest goals that i've had throughout my my young years of 25 but um it's really awesome that i got to do that it was so much fun um do you know how many latin people have been miss california or are you the first or I was not the first. Um, I do not know how many Hispanic women had won before, but I do know that um, before I was crowned, I believe it was two years before, Mm -hmm. um, another Latina was crowned. Her name was Maybelline Capaloo. Um, She's Argentinian, and she was the first in a while to win the Miss California title. And I actually competed against her. I was her third runner-up. Um, so when she won, I mean, I was just happy to be in the top five, but then at the same time, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I wanted to be the first Latina in a while, but that's okay. I'll I'll take what I got. It was still, um, an amazing accomplishment just for me personally. And I had a lot of support from, um, the Nicaraguan community, which is where my mom's from, as well as the Mexican community, um, which my dad has, uh, Mexican heritage. So you know, what's cool about Latinos is, you know, when one of us wins, we all win and we all <laughs> celebrate it. So it's awesome to have that support team behind me. Yeah, that's true. It goes in like hand in hand with like baseball and boxing, you know, like, you know, everybody's, <laughs> you know, everybody's passionate about everybody, you know, but I'm saying, but like yes. with, with, with Latinos, it's, it's like a different thing because there's not a lot of us there. So it's like when someone is there, exactly. it's like Natasha did it. We all did it. We're part of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's, it's really awesome. I mean, it's so cool because Latinos are so into family yeah. and I just feel like that brings an extra, like 
I don't want to be cheesy and say flavor, but, like, I don't know, there's something special with Latinos and family, and it's not just our immediate family, it's, like, anybody, you know? So that just makes going through, you know, different things a lot easier because you have, like, a Latino family behind you, even if they're not, like, your immediate family. It's, like, I feel like the, the community is so strong, and that's something that, you know, we as Latinos get to experience that some cultures, some other cultures don't get to. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, has pageants from back in the day changed till now? Like, if so, how has, like, pageants changed from back then till now? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, pageants have changed with the times. Um, I'm, I guess now during this interview, I'm realizing I'm not the best at pageant history, but just like from what I know, um, you know, it, it basically kind of started out in, in communities and they would kind of crown the most beautiful girl and, and it wasn't really about, um, I think like inner beauty or smarts, you know, and I'm not putting down pageants like back in the day, but like, Mm -hmm that's just kind of what it was. It's like, okay, let's crown like the prettiest girl, like in the city. Mm. I always think of Belle from beauty and the beast when Gaston's like, she's the prettiest girl in town. Of course I have to marry her. <laughs> and so I feel like, I feel like Belle and beauty pageants, but you know, now it's just like fashion and the modeling industry. Um, and even with social media nowadays and, you know, having these social media models, like it's, kind of changed everything so um of course the most obvious thing is just the styles of gowns or swimsuits that we wear but i think too in today's beauty pageant world so to speak i think it's super important to um just have individuality and embrace that and just like really kind of promote that especially on social media and just kind of let people know like this is me, I'm Natasha, I like to do this, I studied this, and, you know, have your platforms, have your things that are you're passionate about, because, you know, there's hundreds of beautiful women everywhere, so you need to kind of embrace what makes you special so that you can stand out and then ultimately, you know, win the crown. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different pageants, you know, Miss Universe, Miss Teen USA, Miss Hawaiian Tropic, mm-hmm. you know, everything, you know, Miss This, <laughs> Miss That, um... Yeah. Um, I, I'm saying, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if you know, like, all the histories of, like, every pageant, but, like, what stands out for, like, Miss Universe and, you know, Miss USA as, as, as opposed to, like, I don't know, like, Miss Hawaiian Tropic or, you know, with the, these other pageants yeah. that they have, you know? Yeah, I always say there's, like, a pageant for everything. Yes, um, yes. You know, with my, my pageant history... Um, I started when I was 16 years old, and I actually competed in Latin pageants. Wow, really? The pageant that I ever did and won was called Miss Pan American International. Um, And so that was kind of like a private-owned pageant. It didn't really lead to like a Miss Universe Ah. type of thing. And there's, there's a bunch of different systems. So one of the number one questions that I always get is, what's the difference between Miss America and Miss USA? Mm, okay. um, and really what it is, is that it's the difference between Pepsi and Cola, like Coca-Cola. <laughs> they're just, they're two different brands. Yeah. So for Miss America, which is its own system, it's a scholarship pageant, and you must win a city title in order to compete for your state title, and then you go on to Miss America. For Miss USA... 
Um, you do not have to win a city title. You can if you want to. That's called a preliminary pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you can just enter, you know, by paying the fee and going through an audition process, and then you can compete for Miss California. And then for Miss California, it goes on to Miss USA, and then from Miss USA, it goes to Miss Universe. So technically, when I was Miss California USA, I was under the Miss Universe organization. So we're kind of like in the same family. Um, I don't really know much about Miss Hawaiian Tropics, but I all I think about is tan beauties and swimsuits, yep. and why not? If you got the body, show it off. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there really is a pageant for, for everything. It's just kind of like whatever you want to do. So for me... Uh, Miss California USA and Miss USA and of course Miss Universe was always like the epitome of just um, you know beauty and accomplishment to me and so that's where I decided to take my pageant skills to (laughs) and compete for that system don't worry I just threw Miss Hawaiian Tropic in there because that was the first thing that came to mind so I was just like all right I I, I know there's other things there you know but um, so so you say you started at sixteen. So um, did your parents get yeah. you into that though? Like, did they did they see you like, oh, she's beautiful. We got to put her in pageants, you know? Like, how did they? No, it's kind of funny. So I grew up dancing. Um, I started dancing when I was five years old, and that wow. was my passion. It still is my passion. Unfortunately, I don't get to dance as much anymore. Yeah, which is part of my New Year's resolution. I love to get into you know some dance classes, but um. So basically, what happened was that I had a girlfriend in uh, high school, and her mom, like, forced her to be in this pageant. And before before that, I didn't really think of pageants at all. I just didn't really pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend was put in this pageant, and so she told me and my other girlfriends, like, hey, you should come and cheer me on, blah, 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 I'm doing this thing. So I actually decided to go watch her and cheer her on, and I went with my mom. And we're watching the pageant, um, we noticed that, you know, the girls came out and they did, like, a group uh, dance number together, and I noticed that the choreographer had danced for, um, you know, really, like, some, like, music videos, and he was, like, really active in, like, the dance world. And so at the time, I thought that I wanted to be a dancer. So my mom was like, well, you know, if you want to get your foot in the door with dancing, like, it might be good for you to meet this guy so coincidentally at the end of the pageant the choreographer and one of the judges who was judging that pageant had their own um, pageant which was Miss Pan American Mm. and they came up to me and they they asked me they're like hey you know we think you're very pretty and um we you know what ethnicity are you and you know like I said before I'm Nicaraguan and Mexican um, they're like, we'd love for you to compete in Miss Pan American. You can do this and this. So um, I literally said yes because I kind of wanted to get my foot in the door with the choreographer so that he could get me into the dancing yeah. world and so that I could dance professionally. But then once I actually did the pageant, I just had a blast. I had so much fun to the point where I think I was even, I even forgot I was in the pageant. And then when it came to the final night and I was the bottom two like holding hands waiting to get crowned and I got crowned I was like wait hold up like I thought I was just having fun here I think my life just changed and and it really did um as cheesy as that that sounds you know I kind of realized like oh I actually can do this and then that's kind of when the seed started growing in my mind like I really want to you know compete in pageants and 
push myself and, you know, reach my goals. And thankfully I did. So <laughs> it's been, it's been a long journey, but it's been awesome and so much fun. Um, has getting into pageants help you in, you know, other realms that you want to get into, like dancing and, you know, hosting what you're doing now, but, um, how was yeah. basically pageant was like the gateway for everything else? Totally. Um, I actually, I mean, even if I hadn't won Miss California USA, um, I would have benefited so much just from competing in pageants because it teaches you things that you didn't even know that you needed to know. (laughs) So um, with dancing, I actually, I was dancing at Disneyland for a while and then I was also a Laker girl for a little bit. And for Laker girls... Um, pageants and Lake Girls was actually very similar. Really? So I think it really helped me handle um, being a Laker girl and just having all of those responsibilities, going to appearances, representing, you know, uh, an organization as big as the Lakers. You know, you have to, you know, basically represent them well, be a spokesmodel, um, and just having, like, the discipline to do workouts and rehearsals and game days and charities and so I think pageants really prepped me for that and Mm -hmm. that's kind of why I made the team um but beyond that beyond the dance world because like I said I'm not dancing anymore um with hosting and you know jobs I credit every single job that I've gotten to the fact that I was experienced in pageantry whether it was the the mere fact that the person I was interviewing with was interested that I did pageants and then that's how we kind of got to talking more or whether it just be, you know, handling, um, you know, a stressful environment such as an interview and just being prepared for that and kind of being able to pull anything out of my sleeve at whatever time because that's just what I was used to doing and like the competitive atmosphere and really like anything that you do any job that you have, like, it's competitive. So mm-hmm. you need to kind of put your best foot forward, and pageants definitely coached me to do that. And it's inspiring. Like, you know, the hard work that I put in just motivates me to work even harder. So I don't think I would have tapped into that part of myself if I hadn't pushed myself out of my comfort zone with doing a pageant at 16 years old in the first place. So it's totally helped me a lot. I know when you know you're speaking about pageants you speak you spoke about discipline and basically yeah. you know you have pretty much a plan a all the way to a z um dancing yeah. you know you dance and you dance for the Lakers um was was like the you know keeping your body intact and you know being fit and eating right was that also part of being disciplined as to being a dancer as you was for the pageant like did you have to maintain a certain figure like you couldn't really be overweight basically right like you had to your body was like your yeah. temple you had to maintain your yourself totally um yeah you know our our coach was really strict my Laker girl coach was very strict about um just like having a healthy body, you know, you're representing the Los Angeles Lakers, like the best basketball team in LA, like that ever was and ever will be in my opinion. And so like, <laughs> this, you know, yeah. you're, you're out there. And from, for when I was on the team, Laker girls were really front and center. And I think they, yeah. they even were more so before I was on the team. Now, um, there's, they're still front and center, but, you know, they're not sitting courtside anymore. Like, for us, I was courtside. I was 
sitting in front of David Beckham. I was sitting in front of Kanye West, mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher, um, Jack Nichols, um, like all these celebrities. And so constantly there's people photographing them and you don't want to be the girl in the Laker girl uniform that's not looking great <laughs> in, like, in the back of David Beckham's photo. Like, yeah. Because the thing was is that, you know, the reason why the Laker Girl organization was so is so prestigious is because of um, because of our coach. She was a micromanager, and so when you're looking at like a brand that high of caliber, you can even compare it to Disneyland, right? Yeah. When you go to Disneyland, everything is perfect. Yeah, everything. This um, you don't you you can't even tell that you're like in real life. You feel like you're in Disneyland. All the workers are nice. Everyone is accommodating to you, and that's because there's a lot of hard work behind it. There's a lot of discipline there for the employees to keep up the fact that this is Disneyland, and people are paying a lot of money to come here and enjoy their vacations and enjoy their family time. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, people come to a Laker game. They want to see the Laker girls. Like, so there's kind of an image there, um, which is a good thing because it, it definitely pushes you. But, it, you know, it can also be a bad thing. Actually, like, truthfully, I personally struggled with it. Um, really? I, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't unhealthy as a Laker girl. I wasn't overweight. But to be that type of caliber was very difficult for me. I was a student at the time. Um, you know, I figured, like, okay, well, I'm exercising all the time. I guess I don't need to do any more. So I actually got kind of picked on a little bit from my coach for my weight and that kind of like definitely was difficult for me to handle I kind of felt like a failure in a way because I thought well Natasha you've worked so hard to be like on this amazing team like why can't you just put down that slice of bread like at the end of the day or whatever (laughs) and it seems like very harsh but you know this it's kind of the reality of it but um you know, after being on the team, or actually after not do, deciding to not do the team anymore and just kind of go into pageantry, it's it's interesting because pageants, you still have to be fit, but it's almost like you have to be fit for you. It wasn't like I was dieting or exercising to make my coach happy. I was dieting and exercising to make me happy, and then that's the healthy way to approach it. So because of that, I was able to reach my fitness goals, you know, a lot better than I was before because I was doing it for myself. And Mm so I actually think that's a really important message for a lot of girls today is like, if you're going to be conforming to an image because of other people, it's not going to work and you're not going to be happy. But if you are just working on yourself and it's a goal that you have because it's going to make you personally happy you're going to get there faster and you're going to feel more fulfilled, whether it was your, you know, whether you actually lost the weight that you wanted to lose or whether or not maybe you lost half of it, but you feel really happy with yourself. So, um, yeah, I mean, diet and exercise, I'm always like (laughs) in a tug of war between it because I'm like, oh, I love food, but (laughs) oh, I want to feel good about myself. So, but it's, it's good. It keeps me healthy, keeps me on my toes, keeps me active and, I, I 
like it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what? I thought I, you know, pro- I'm, I'm probably wrong because I have no experience in this. But I always thought, like, if you're getting paid to do something, like if you're getting paid to look a certain way, I figure it'll be easier to do it to lose the weight because you're actually getting paid for doing it, as opposed in your own personal life, if you wasn't in yeah. that field, you know, you're like, well, I can, I can go to the gym. Oh, I can miss the gym because I'm doing it for me. But what, like, yeah. but you said it's the opposite, though, right? It's like if you're doing it for you, you felt more committed by yourself than actually losing the weight as a team? I think that, you know, it depends for, like, each individual person. Somebody may feel better under pressure of, like, this is my job, I need to look this certain way because, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Whereas, you know, other people may feel like, this is too much pressure for me. I'm really stressed out. Let me, like, eat some cookies to feel better. <laughs> like, that's yeah. me. Like, I'm, okay. I work good under pressure in a sense of, like, I guess my work ethic, you know? Like, yeah. I like to be under pressure. But in terms of, I guess, my own self-image, I like it to just come from, like, my heart, you know? And, gotcha. and that's kind of why um, I'm kind of jumping around everywhere. But after competing for Miss USA when I was Miss California, you know, some people wanted me to compete for Miss Nicaragua um, so that I could go straight to Miss Universe and compete mm, that way. Okay. But for me, that it, that just wasn't in my heart. So even though I knew that I could do it and that I would probably succeed, um, I just didn't want to. And so I feel like, you know, everyone's different, but for me personally, like, if I'm going to set a goal for myself, I'm going to do it because it's something that I want to do, and, like, I'm not going to do it for anybody else, you know? So, I'm not saying that for everyone, it's better to not have that pressure, but just mm-hmm. for me personally, that's just how I work in, in any a part of my life, whether it be diet or career goals or cleaning up my room like that's just how i work oh so um um, what was basically the reason you just stopped dancing you just you just felt like you was you completed what you needed to complete it and you wanted to um further go down like the entertainment field from there yeah i mean for me i like like i said dancing was always my passion Mm -hmm. and i will forever love it um but for me, just when I got to college and I was just deciding what I wanted to do career-wise, I knew that dancing was not the career that I wanted. Um, gotcha. It's it's really like it's fulfilling artistically, and it and it like it really um, like it inspires me when I when I'm able to move and dance. But at the same time, I just knew that the industry was not something that I wanted to get into after kind of seeing a little bit of how it was. Um, it's really hard to be a dancer. And then, you know, it's very competitive. There's not that many, um, job opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, if you get injured, like that's kind of it. And so I just realized right when I was kind of going into college, well, I love dance, but it's not going to be my career. And so I need to focus on what, what my career is, which I decided that I wanted to get into broadcast journalism, which is just as fulfilling for me. I'm just as passionate about it. Um, so it's not like I gave up a passion to do something that I don't truly love. But I think I just, you know, decided like, okay, well, once you get older, your time is more limited. And so I just decided to put all my eggs in something that I truly believed in. Um, and yeah, and just kind of 
said, like, okay, well, dancing's for fun. Like, that's my hobby. That's what keeps me, like, alive artistically. So, um, but, and also on top of that, too, it's just really hard to find classes where everyone is not, you know, 15 years old. <laughs> like, to find adult dance classes is difficult. Um, so, you know, I live near L.A. I'm about an hour away from L.A., and most of the classes are in Los Angeles. So, um, to take a dance class out there and kind of schedule my work around it is very hard. So um, I have yet to figure out a schedule where I can kind of squeeze in a dance class where, like, I'm with adults my age and not, like, 15-year-old <laughs> gumbies. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, where that's all they do. <laughs> oh, so you got your um, broadcast journalism degree from Chapman University, right? Yes, I did. Um, I actually was just at Chapman University today. Um, I have a, a blog that I do on the side of hosting. It's a beauty and style blog called Diary of a Girly Girl. So I was out taking pictures for some future blog posts. And the photographer that I was working with was like, let's go to Chapman. Like, let's take pictures there. I'm like, well, this is weird because I went here. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> People are going to think I'm just some random person, like, on the campus taking pictures. I thought, if anything, I'll just tell them their graduation photos. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I went to Chapman. I transferred there. I went to a junior college right after graduating high school. Um, I got my AA in communications, and then, um, and then I decided to transfer to Chapman University and get my degree in broadcast journalism which was the best decision I ever made because their program is just so amazing. Um, I made great connections there. I got some awesome internships. Um, and I just love the school. Like, it's a small school, so you really get close with, you know, the other broadcast students. So we're kind of like a little family, and we're always checking in on how everyone's doing. But, um, yeah, I, I was really blessed and fortunate to go to Chapman. Uh, it's a really amazing school. And you also um, interned for Entertainment Tonight, ABC. Um, um, how how much of a sponge was you at those sets, and how much did you absorb? I absorbed a lot. Um, for me, I'm like when I learn, I learn from observing. So, and as far as doing as well, but like especially at Entertainment Tonight, um, that was like the typical, you're an intern at a Hollywood studio internship. <laughs> like, you watch reception, you answer the phones, you get the coffee, you write the notes down for the executives, you go clean up this closet or do this thing. Like, it literally was wow. like the bottom feeder work. Um, but at the same time, I was a fly on the wall to the type of entertainment news show that I'd always aspired to be on. Um, so I got to see, like, how the hosts um, worked, like, what their typical day was like. They got there, and then they ran through the scripts, and then after they shoot the show, then they go into voiceover, and I got to see them in voiceover, and I got to see how they inflected their voice in different, like, ways for, like, the same sentence. And so I feel like I really learned how a typical entertainment news outlet functioned. And then for ABC, um, that was for their entertainment show called On the Red Carpet, and oh. I was actually only one of two interns selected. Um, where as opposed to the Entertainment Tonight internship, there was a ton of college students there interning in and out. 
Um, so I worked very closely with the producer, executive producer of the show. I was kind of like her right-hand girl, and I helped research. I helped um, assist on shoots. Like, I even wrote questions for some of the, the hosts. I got to go to um, the Grammys and go in the press room and just kind of really be more immersed. I had a lot more opportunity at um, ABC, which was which was good because I was more experienced by that time. I was a senior already. So that, like, really helped me kind of understand what goes in, not only just as a host, but production-wise. Like, what does everyone do to make it happen? And so I think for now, what I'm doing now with Collider and Complex and uh, American Latino, it just really helps me get a better view on, like, okay, I'm not just front and center as the TV host. Everyone look at me. I'm a piece of the puzzle, and so Mm -hmm. I want to help in every way that I can to make it the best show so um, I really learned so much from my internships and highly recommend internships for anyone wanting to get into the industry, too. So um, after your internship, where this, where did the road head for you after that? So after my internship, um, I, let's see, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, um, I think that's right around the time when I was getting ready for Miss California again. So I actually competed for Miss California four times before I won. So Mm. the first year was, um, I believe it was 2009. That was the first year that I I competed. I was in the top ten. The next year I took off, and that's when I was a Laker girl. And then I decided that I wanted to come back. And I competed um, twice, and then my third time was when I won. Uh, so I think after ABC, you know, I was kind of just finishing my final semester at Chapman and just preparing for Miss California. So right after I graduated, um, is when I won Miss California and crazy enough, like two days later, I think, um, I got a call from KDOC TV in Orange County, which is a, um, like a, a private TV station out there. Yeah. Um, they had interviewed me for a host position, like right before Miss California. And I told them, I'm like, I'm competing for this thing and I'm really serious about it. So I'm just letting you know. Um, and then I won. And then two days later they called me and they're like, we want to hire you as your host. Like it literally, like wow. I graduated and then I just kind of felt like everything lined up. And I know that's not normal for a lot of people who are graduating. I know it takes like, time sometimes to get your first job so I was super just like I was just totally in awe of what was happening in my life um and yeah and I kind of just went with it I'm like okay here we go like I have Miss California USA and now a full-time job doing exactly what I want to do this is awesome um and yeah since then I've kind of I haven't slowed down so it's been really a, a great ride Oh, and um, how you know? I would I have to ask. Um, how did you get the gig yeah. at, at a Collider? How did that come about? So that came about um, because right. So okay. So after Miss USA, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously I didn't win, so I came home. <laughs> um, I continued to work at KDOC, and I kind of realized that it just I it wasn't really going in the direction that. I personally felt like I could grow in. So I actually took a leap of faith and I left the job without having anything lined up. Um, and so I think for like three months I was kind of just bopping around and I decided that I would get, uh, try and get a commercial agent. And this is another 
way that Miss California helped me. Um, we actually had a sponsorship with LA Models, and LA Models has their um, commercial division called LA Talent, and so they signed me onto their commercial division, which I don't think I would have gotten if I wasn't Miss Cal- Miss California USA. Um, and so I, you know, they set me up with all of the casting websites that go along with signing with an LA agency, and I saw the hosting gig come up for Collider, and that was the first hosting gig that I saw on LA Casting, and I'm like, oh, I definitely have to do this, Um, like, it's, they're talking about movies, entertainment, like, this is exactly what I want to do, like, this could be my next job, and so I remember I had two auditions in that day, I had one for a commercial, and then I had my audition for Collider at night, Mm -hmm. and I rolled up into the studio, and I think I was probably one of the last girls to audition. And so the studio was kind of empty, and I like I came through the back door, and I'm like, uh, hello. <laughs> and then that's when I saw John and Wendy, and they're like, oh yeah, you come here, and they gave me a script to read, and um, I went in with John, I read the script for him, and then we kind of just talked about things, and um, and then that was it, and I left, I left the audition kind of feeling like, hmm, like I don't really know how that went. It, seemed okay but I don't know we'll see I was really tired I ended up um driving to go see my boyfriend afterwards we had like a dinner date and Uh um I was in the car with him and um John called me like wow and I was like whoa I'm like this is weird like I just left the office like probably like an hour or two like in between Uh and he was like hey Natasha um so I just have a question for you He's like, I, I'm just concerned about you and how far away you live from the studio. Like, are you going to be okay if you got the job and you drove here? And for me, like, like I said, I'm an hour away from L.A., but um, for a Laker girl practice, I was probably like an hour and a half away from <laughs> facilities where we would practice. And I'm like, John, listen, I'm like, like, commuting is not a problem for me. I'm like, trust me, I'll commute. I've been doing it for so long. I'm so used to it. He's like, okay. He was like, well, and he was kind of quiet for a second. And then he's like, well, in that case, like, we would love to offer you the job. And I literally was just, I was so shocked. Wow. And I was like, yes, like, I would love to. And I hung up the phone and I cried. I legit cried. Wow. <laughs> I was crying because it was the first, you know, like I said, I quit my job because I just didn't feel like I was growing there. And everyone was saying, like, don't quit if you don't have, like, something to fall back up. On, And I yeah. just kind of, like, took that leap of faith. And for me to go on my first hosting job and to get it, I was just so overwhelmed. And I was just crying. My boyfriend's like, oh, my God, it's okay. Like, you should be happy. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, and, then I, and then I started, like, right away. Um, and it's been amazing. I love working for Collider. Um, everybody there who works there is just, they're so fun. Everyone loves what they do. And that mm-hmm. just makes such a huge difference in like your work environment. Like everyone's happy to go in. And so then that makes me happy to come in. And honestly, like it's been great. I've been there for over a year now and, um, I hope for many more years to follow. It's wonderful. It's funny you say that because you know how there's people that have jobs and like, damn, mom, how many PTO days I have left? You know, I got to use it for this. I don't yeah. want to be at work, you know, and it's kind of. And that's how I, yeah, 
that's how I felt at my old job. I was like, oh, I don't want to go in. I was like, this is not working out for me. And so to go from that to a job that I wish I could go to more, um, because now I'm only going in, of course, on Thursdays is my day. Um, Like, if I could go in every day, I would. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely, like, such a nice change of work environment from something that I wasn't liking to something that I love and can't get enough of. How much of a fan you are of movies, actually, and, um, like, how much research you have to do? Like, do you have to, like, keep up with certain things? Like, if they talk about, like, a certain films or certain certain TV shows that, like, you know, like, the, like do you get, like, off topic? Or, like, you like, oh, all right, I, I pretty much know this. Or do you have to watch certain things to keep up? Yeah, I mean, when... When I got the job, it wasn't required, like, it's not a requirement, like, to be a super movie buff, you know? Okay. So, like, before Collider, before I auditioned, I, I had never heard of Collider before. I didn't, I hadn't watched it or really hadn't heard of it. Um, so I was kind of, like, thrown, like, into the dark a little bit, and as I was there, I kind of realized, okay, like okay, I got to start getting into, like, some of the things that they like. And it's not that I wasn't a movie lover. I've always been a movie lover. Um, like, that's the reason why I wanted to get into entertainment. Like, I okay, because, okay, I'm going to be real with you. Like, yeah. my inner being, Natasha, uh-huh. is a sloth. Like, my spirit animal is a sloth. You know, a little thing that likes to just laze around and just be comfy. And when I like to laze around, I like to watch movies and TV and binge watch. And so... It's like, that's me to my core. But I didn't know that there were other people that were, like, super fans. And, like, that just made me more excited to, like, embrace my inner sloth and be able to watch things all the time and just be like, hey, like, I'm doing research for work. (laughs) So it's not required for me to be, like, on top of everything, but it's definitely, like, good because, you know, it's like when all of your friends are watching, like, a show and they're super into it, like, you want to know what they're talking about. You want to be into it, too. So, um, it's been cool to, like, keep up with, like, all the movies that come out. Because I I definitely say, like, before I loved movies, but I was definitely more casual than, say, like, some of the Collider veterans were. Yeah. And so now it's nice to, like... It's nice to just learn more and, like, get excited with them about different movies and shows and everything. So, I'm like, oh, I'm like, there are other people like me. I can love to watch things 24-7. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, How would you describe yourself in terms of your attitude and your personality? Um, I think my personality is very um, bubbly. I just love to, I love to be happy. I mean, why not? (laughs) You know, I'm just, I'm always looking for optimistic things because, you know, the truth is, like, life is awesome. Like, it really is. There's always something to look forward to. And, you know, there's definitely, like, moments when you can find yourself, like, in a rut and, things aren't kind of going your way but I just feel like the more you motivate yourself and you know you kind of like look at what good there is in a situation the more happy that you can be and it's like why not choose to be happy you know like we can have we can choose to be so many other um moods but like why not choose to be happy like it makes everyone else happy so I love to be um bubbly and silly and just like 
have fun and go with the flow and learn as much as I can from whoever I meet. Um, and just energetic. I mean, like, you know, growing up dancing, like, I always loved high energy and performing. And so um, if I can do that in my everyday life, then I'm having fun and I'm good. Um, what are your fans like? My fans are really cool. <laughs> it's weird to have fans. Like, it really is. Um, and it's crazy because, like, there are so many Collider fans that are so, like, nice and will come up to you. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, you know who I am? Like, it's just so weird. Even with doing Lake Girls and doing Miss California, it's like the most recognition that I've gotten has been from working for Collider and working for Complex. And now that I'm working for American Latino, like I have people coming out and being like, hey, I saw you like, on this. Um, but one of the craziest things was actually last, you know, last June, I was in Chicago um, for one of my friend's birthdays. And we went out at night, and we were kind of, like, finishing up our night, and I was getting into the Uber to go back to the hotel. And I just hear some guy say, Natasha! And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, who knows me in Chicago? Like, I've only been here, like, once. And he was like, hey, like, I watch you on Collider all the time. He's like, it's so nice to meet you. You're awesome. And then, like, just, like, walked away and, like, that was it. Like, he just wanted to say, like, hi, like, I watch you all the time. Like, you're awesome. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, no, one, it's always nice when someone recognizes you. But two, I just feel like Collider fans are so, they're just, they're really nice to me. I feel like if I ever have a hater, there's always somebody out there that's like, no, Natasha's awesome. Don't listen to them. <laughs> so I really, I really um, embrace the fans and it's, it's cool. Like, there's a whole other community and group of friends that I have, like, now that I work for these jobs. So, it's it's really fun. Um, tell me about the gig of um, American Latino TV and congratulations on that. How did you get that gig? Thank you. Um, so, again, it was something that I saw on one of the casting websites. Um, it was crazy because I saw the call and it said, we're looking for a Latina um, host, and she doesn't need to speak Spanish. The show's in English. We're talking about entertainment, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, um, hello, that's me. <laughs> so I went to the audition, and I kind of had that attitude, like, yo, I'm your girl. <laughs> I just <laughs> walked in there, did the audition. Of course, I had uh, much more experience now because I was already working for Collider and Complex for a few months. Um and then, like, realized that it was a nationally syndicated television show. Yeah. Like, it's all over the country, which is insane. Like, I have people say, like, watching me in New York and, mm -hmm. like, all over the place. And family members and friends saying, like, I saw you on TV. And it's weird because um, the way that we shoot the show is I actually only record the intros once a month. The intros and outros we record once a month. We do three episodes in a day. Wow. And then any um, segments that I produce or interviews that I'm uh, producing, I'll try and go in like every now and then and, and do an interview. I actually have one tomorrow um, with a writer who writes for ABC's How to Get Away with Murder. So I'm oh. talking to her tomorrow, which will be exciting. Um, but because I only go in sporadically, I kind of forget that like I'm on TV and that this has been my dream since I was like 15 years old. So it's, I mean, I, I live a surreal life. It's, it's really amazing. But, um, 
yeah, I really love working for American Latino. It's great to represent Latinos and just kind of be not just someone who's like proud of their culture, but you know, someone who's grown up with culture in America. Like to be a second generation of like a, my mom who immigrated from Nicaragua and grow up in American culture, but also have like a strong Nicaraguan culture in me. I'm not like, you know, I'm kind of like in an in-between. And I feel like a lot of children of immigrants kind of feel that way. They're Americanized, but they also have their Latino culture ingrained in them. So this show is cool because that's exactly what we celebrate. We celebrate Latinos who have either, they're either first generation, second generation, you know, whatever, that still embrace their roots, but are still American, you know? Like, we're, we're all American. We live in this country, but, like, we embrace our heritage and our culture, and we share that with the rest of the world in the arts and entertainment, which is extra fun. So I really, I couldn't have found a better show that was tailored for me personally um and i really really enjoy it and it's it's wonderful experience um everyone's very um supportive of me there so it's good it's good to be in an environment where your talents are are appreciated and you're encouraged to work as much as you want to and do whatever you want so it's it's really great natasha have you ever had any regrets in life um, I will say that I haven't, and that's my that's my biggest fear. Actually, is having regrets in life. Okay. And so I think that um, I think that's kind of the reason why I push myself to do things that are scary is because I don't want to regret it later. Like I would hate. Like honestly, my biggest fear is looking back when I'm old and gray and thinking, <laughs> I wish I would have done this. Like I would have rather been embarrassed out of my mind for doing something crazy than to not have done it and think back like what if I did this so I mean I've definitely gone through my share of upsets and failures and like you know embarrassments but I I really don't think that there's such thing as failing um because I feel like when you fail it's almost like you're setting yourself up for a comeback and comebacks are always awesome. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, if I'm ever like down on myself, like, you know what? I'm like, just keep working, keep moving because if you keep moving, you're not losing. Like you're just not, as long as you keep growing, um, you're always going to move towards something that was already written for you, you know? So there's no point in, in having regrets. You just have to like not be afraid. Uh, to take chances and just do it. Um, what are your thoughts about women and hosting? You think there's a need for more women host out there, or you think it's a level level playing field with men host and women host? Um, that's a really good question. I really don't think that there should be a limit on like anybody mm-hmm. um, hosting. Like, I, I'm not a fan of like quotas, and I know, especially being you know a Latina. I'm sure there's been times, like, where I've fallen under a quota. Like, we need a Latina girl. We need, like, a brunette. We need somebody, you know? I just feel like the best 
the jobs should be given to the most qualified. And so if there are a lot of women who are, you know, kicking butt and are the most qualified and they're getting the jobs, then that's the way it should be. And if there's a lot of men and they're also kicking butt and they're getting their jobs, like, that's the way it should be too. Like, I don't think that... um, I don't think there should be, like, a number of, like, how many women do we have? How many men do we have? How many, like, African-Americans do we have? How many Latinos do we have? I just think it should go to whoever deserves it. Um, But I think just in Hollywood in general, um, actually one of the things that I was reading on about the woman I'm interviewing tomorrow, you know, she was talking about, like, being in the writer's room and saying that there's not a lot of, um, you know, Latina writers in network television. And so... Um, I do think, like, there's there's so many opportunities for women and really for anyone to just go out and do the impossible, do what they've always dreamed of doing. Um, and then I think if we, like, all approach that mentality, like, we won't be worried about, like, oh, there needs to be more women in this field or there needs to be more Latinos in this field. It's, like, just just do your best and be the best so that there's no question and it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are what gender you are just do your best work and and put it out there um what is your own personal motto my own personal motto is be better than the person that you were yesterday like Mm. i think for you know for me like i've always had big aspirations and um sometimes like if you if you bite off more than you can chew, it can be really discouraging. And I think that there's a lot to be celebrated in little successes every day. Because I think that if you were better than you were the day before, you're already closer to your goal. And even if it takes you longer to achieve your goal that way, at least you're working towards it instead of not doing it and just kind of thinking about doing it. So like I said, as long as you're moving forward um, and not backwards, then you're going to achieve what's meant for you. And, you know, like what you reap is what you sow, basically. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Nicaraguan food? My favorite? Ooh, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Nicaragua last year, actually right after I got hired for Glider, which is why, like, right when I got hired, I, I, I took, like, two weeks off I think which would never happen in the real world but because I told John about my trip before I got hired he was like okay I guess we have to give you the time off um but when I was there I was craving um it's honestly probably the most simple food and I bet you any Nicaraguans listening to this would be like are you kidding me like that's your favorite but honestly it is um, it's called ensalada de repollo. It's basically like shredded cabbage in vinegar. <laughs> it's so good. Like I like sour things and really salty things. And I think that like I don't know when I was in Nicaragua, nobody had it. No one wow. had the ensalada, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm in Nicaragua. Like why does my grandma have it at home? You don't. <laughs> like, because I love to put it on top of things. Like I'm all about like. sauces and spices and just like making things like juicy and so I love to put the ensalada on top of gallo pinto which is another super basic food like um, beans and rice and I love to put it on top of it so that the vinegar will soak in the rice and it's really yummy Um, I'm getting hungry talking (laughs) about it I know you're making me hungry too (laughs) (laughs) gonna 
have some late night snacks. Um, <laughs> and also, a lot of the food that I like, I don't necessarily know like the correct terms for it, just because I've like grown up with it. So I'm like, oh, like there's this one cheese that we have, which my brother and I, growing up, we would call it the squeaky cheese, but it's basically just fried cheese. <laughs> so uh. it's like crispy cheese on the outside and it's melted on the inside. I don't know the exact term, but like in my term, it's called the squeaky cheese. <laughs> so you give me some squeaky cheese with ensalada de repollo on top of my gallo pinto, I'm good. Like I'm a happy little Nicaraguan girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Forever, like I love food. <laughs> oh, what about like a, a like a famous like I'm um, not famous like a, a typical um, Nicaraguan drink? You know, because in Puerto Puerto Rico we have like a lot of like tamarindo, we have coco. Yeah. You know, is there any particular yeah. drink that you like? You know, I'll be honest, I actually don't like our Nicaraguan typical drinks. Um, I'm trying to think what they're called. There's one that's pink. My mom was here. I would ask her what it is, but I'm not a fan of of the Nicaraguan drinks. Now the Mexican drinks, yeah. like um, champurrado. I love champurrado, yeah. especially during Christmas time. It's like hot Mexican chocolate, but it's really thick. It's so good. Um, yeah, Mexican food is a whole other level. If I could eat Mexican food every day of my life till I die, I would, because I love Mexican food. I could eat it every single day. It's so hard because our types of food, like, you know, Latino food, you know, I guess all types of food. I don't want to just classify Latino foods. They're all fattening and they're so good. But, you know, it's so much so much starch in it. Like, how do you, like, you know, you, you seem like you're still fit now. Like, how do you stay disciplined? Like, do you have, like, a eating regimen or you eat whatever you want? And, like, like how's your metabolism? No, I definitely don't eat whatever I want because you would not want to see me on TV. Let's just say that. I would eat donuts and top ramen and like nachos (laughs) and just bad things every day and be so happy um you know actually I kind of feel like Mexican food can be prepared healthy like there's of course like you know there's like the good like guilty like I just ate a bean burrito that's like full of starch and everything there's that kind of food but like one of my favorite things to eat um that I that I make pretty much every day. I'm also one of those people where it's like, if I like something, I'll eat it every day. I don't care. I don't need variety. If I like it, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I like to make is um, some brown rice, like basically like a chicken bowl. So, so I, But instead of you know white rice, I'll use brown rice. And instead of pinto beans, I'll use black beans. So I have my, my rice and beans. I do sautéed spinach, I'll do some grilled chicken with, like, fajita um, spices on it, and then, like, salsa, a little bit of lemon, some tapatio, mix it all together, and it's super good. Oh, and spinach, too, grilled spinach I'll put in there, or some ensalada de rim, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'll eat that, and it's so filling. It's really nutritious, like, it's got the fiber, it's got the healthy carbs, it's got the protein, like, the veggies, and it's tastes like I'm eating like really good Mexican food every day so that's kind of my way around it like you kind of put healthy healthier alternatives in like the classic Mexican dishes and 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 then you're good (laughs) (laughs) um two more questions for you Natasha um what's your favorite curse word my favorite curse word oh my gosh um I actually (laughs) don't like to curse really 
Oh. Yeah, I mean, this is like a whole other thing, but I'm Catholic, and I just feel like if you're going to be, you know, like, if you're going to live as a Christian, you should really live as a Christian, um, uh-huh. and that's really hard to do, especially just, number one, in modern times, and number two, in the entertainment industry, um, so I actually don't, I try to not curse as much as I can, but I'm not going to say that I'm like Mother Teresa and have never like said a curse word in my life but I guess in that sense like I don't think I have a favorite curse word but, I don't like them but, but for like for example let's say if you have the iron and the iron just falls on your toe oh, what, what would be the word you always say honestly it would probably be the F word like if I'm gonna be really honest like let's just go straight there like let's do the most aggressive one <laughs> um yeah cause that would hurt really really bad but <laughs> But I try, I try not to. But I mean, if I'm like hurting myself, that's super hard. Like if I stub my toe, oh my god, you better believe that I'm saying things under my breath. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. You know, we all have our moments. You know, sometimes it just oh, comes yeah. out. Or you know? even like in traffic, like in the car. Ah, so bad and so hard. <laughs> uh, and um, my final question for you, Natasha, is what would the Natasha of today tell the Natasha of yesterday? Um, I would just tell the Natasha of yesterday or like little Natasha to not be afraid to ask for what you want. Like, don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause believe it or not, like when I was growing up, I was pretty shy. And I think that there's no point in being afraid of what you want or who you are. Like, just don't be shy and, and go for it. No. Natasha, congratulations on your success that you have going on. I think the sky's the limit for you and um uh, you know, I'm proud of what you're doing now. Um plug your social media, plug anything you have coming up, plug your shows. Yeah, okay, so you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Natasha Lexis underscore. There's no it's N A T A S H A L E X I S underscore. Um I also have a YouTube channel. It's um, Natasha Alexis Martinez, as well as a website, NatashaAlexisMartinez.com, where you can find my blog, Diary of a Girly Girl. It's style, it's beauty, it's all things girly. Um, and then, of course, you can watch me on Collider every Thursday, on Complex News on the weekends, and American Latino every weekend. Um, in LA, it's on KCAL 9. I gotta figure out where it's at in New York, because I think a lot of people are out there watching too. And I gotta figure out where it's playing where you're at. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, right? Yes, Wisconsin, yes. You know, right, I gotta let you know where you can watch. But it's every weekend. It's kind of in the wee hours of the night over here. Yes. It, it airs at midnight. Um, but in other parts of the country, it's like Sunday mornings. Um, yeah. So yeah, watch out. Watch out for me. Yeah, I remember I used to, you know? I, yeah, I used to watch it on in New York. I remember it used to give it like at random times, like at two in the morning or something like that. I remember yeah. like on channel and be yeah, really late. I'm like, oh my god, you know, but I know, really late. But hey, it's T V <laughs> Yep. Um oh um how how was your mom doing? Is she okay? Very well. She is a nine-year breast cancer survivor. Yes. Um, every year that she's gone for her check-in, she's been totally cancer-free. 
So she is just, she's like a mini me. She's, she's only five feet tall, but she's got so much energy and like, it's no wonder cancer didn't stop her. Like she was like, nope, and just kept going. So thanks be to God that she's all healthy and, and good. Thank you for asking. No, not a problem. Thank you, Natasha. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.